Welcome to The Great Podcast, the show where we talk about the important men and women of history and decide once and for all if they're worth all the fuss. My name's Jordan. And my name's David. We did it. We got through the intro. It only took five minutes, and I'm so happy and that I you're here. And I never read a thing. <laughs> he didn't. He refused to read the, the intro. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. Today, our first episode in this series on Roman emperors slash important people of Rome, because someone's going to yell at me if I call Julius Caesar a Roman emperor. So that's who we're covering today, Jordan. First question. Tell me what you know about Julius Caesar. I mean, I've had his pizza a time or two, you know, little, little Caesar. It's good. It's yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> um, I did, like you said, uh, the only thing I really know about him is he's important in history, and he was on the cusp. I think he was either the last leader of the Republic before it switched the empire, or... Maybe the last emperor. That doesn't make sense, though. Somewhere in there. Yeah. He got yeah. stabbed a lot. He got Whoa, stabbed a spoilers, lot. Spoilers. Spoilers. Well, you know. Come on. Who doesn't know? <laughs> who All his friends know? were like, listen, man, it's enough. <laughs> yeah. Just not a fan of you anymore. Uh, you're, you're pretty close. Yeah. He's kind of the guy that uh, set about the things that led to the end of the Republic and the beginning of the Empire. But we'll get into that. So let's get started. Uh, I want to make a brief note, though. Any uh, Julius Caesar fans out there will notice an omission of a lot of uh, characters and detail because this script is 26 pages long and I had to cut out a ton of stuff. And like, they're not important, obviously. Just not important. Right. Like if, if you're thinking of like Cicero and Cato and all these people that you really want to hear about, they're not important. Right. They're really important actually, but they're omitted. So. Let's get started. So the Repo uh, the Roman Republic in Caesar's time. Before we get into Caesar, we got to look at what was going on in the world around him. And to start that, we're going to look at a man called Lucius Sulla. You ever heard of Sulla? Nah, I heard of Lucius though. Yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yes. <laughs> Quite a few names from Roman times are involved in Harry Potter, believe it or not. Well, Sulla was born in 138 BC to a minor political family. But he had some uh, big appetites for power. And at this time, the Republic was going through some tumult. 20 years before Sulla was born, uh, these two brothers called the Gracchi brothers were uh, tribunes of the plebs, which was an important uh, position in the Senate to protect the average citizen. They could veto anything that they thought was not you know, good for the people of Rome. Um, All right, good checks and balances. Right, and you'd think, oh, good, yeah, so veto things that are dangerous and uh, disastrous for the average person, good on you. Well, probably things that are dangerous for them and their position of power. But, no, no. You know, no, no. they no, actually did the, the right thing. Yeah. That's quite And wild. then they were killed. Oh, well. Because they were doing that. There you go. <laughs> and I mean, they were, they were, they were jerks about it for sure they they made they made a point to piss people off but yeah so they got executed and uh violence in politics is a bad combination uh so now you've got about 20 years of violence within the senate going on as sulla is rising to power as a military leader uh distinguished himself in north africa uh operating under a man called uh gaius marius who was another really important roman leader at this time probably the two best generals of their generation and they hated each other naturally yeah um, and that rivalry came to a head when sulla became a consul in 88 bc so a consul there are two every year in the senate they are the top figure in the government they have kind of the ultimate say 
veto power, they lead the armies, and you only serve for a year. It's so important, in fact, that Romans didn't keep track of years like we do, you know, one, two, three. It was the year of Sulla and whoever he was serving okay. with. That's how they distinguish their years. All right, real important. Okay. Yeah, highest highest uh, position you can get on the cursus honorum, which is the ladder that politicians climbed in the Senate. So, in 88 BC, Sulla was made consul, and as the top military leader, he was appointed to lead some armies against this King Mithridates the sixth of Pontus, which is over by where modern Turkey is, because he was uh, threatening all the things going on in Greece, and the Republic was like, oh, this is ours, blah, blah, blah. That's historian talk for I don't really know what's right, going on. Right, but right, right. Marius, Marius, was not happy that Sulla was going to go fight this guy. He was like, no, 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 here's some bribes, here's some uh, threats. I'm in charge of those armies now. Sulla had already set off to go lead these armies, and I was like, wait a second, you can't do that. Turned around and marched his armies on Rome. To be like, hey, <laughs> I'm in charge. No, 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 this is mine. Yep. I have power. Yeah. So a uh, little bit of purging takes place. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, 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 Solo, we were just kidding. We totally we totally meant that you were going to be in charge of those armies. Why don't you go over there and fight him for us real quick? That's what I thought. Right. That's what I heard. That's right. what I- <laughs> so a bunch, of, a bunch of people were killed, but uh, Marius just managed to escape down to North Africa. And Solo left again. Like, all right, we're going to fight Mithridates. Like, good luck, everybody. And guess who came back to Rome right away? Uh, Sulla? No, Marius. Marius? Yeah, as soon as Sulla left. <laughs> Sulla left, right, right, yeah. right, right. So uh, uh, Marius returns, and him and his buddy Cinna, who will be important in a moment, uh, kind of go on a little bit of a mad tyrant purge deal, where they're like, we're going to get rid of all of Sulla's people now. <laughs> so, right. Good old back and forth. Yeah, so it's not good. Um, and then the, uh, the Senate declared Sulla a public enemy, given the whole, you marched on Rome thing we don't really like that seems fair yeah public enemy for those unaware basically meant uh it's every roman's duty to kill that person on site yeah good yeah how do you think that went probably not great i think he has an army still oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah and he's a great leader uh people are like nah i like him uh yeah so sulla won his war against king mithridates and then chilled in Greece for a while, building up his power base. So across the water in Italy, um, Marius's uh, faction has been growing in power, getting to control the Senate, while Sulla's over here with like 40,000 troops building his base. Oh, okay. And Marius died. Oh, well, Yep. what are you going to do? Yep, he was kind <laughs> of a crazy old man, slaughtering people and then just died. But his friend, Cinna, yeah. continued. Yeah. Right. Word came through that Sulla was going to be coming back, and he was landing in uh, southern Italy. So Cinna got some troops together to go fight. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, wait, we're going to go fight Sulla? Um, like, I don't know, man. He killed a lot of people. He won a war. He's uh, won a lot of wars. <laughs> uh, let's kill Cinna. That, yeah? yeah seems let's fair. kill Cinna. Yeah, cool. Right. Let's do that. Okay, great. Great, great, great. So after a few years in Greece, Sulla returned to Italy in 83. Uh, like I said, he had about 40,000 men with him. Bunch of senators still supported Sulla. It wasn't like the entire Senate was against him. Two notable figures who supported him that we'll need for later in our story are Marcus Licinius Crassus and Pompey, soon to be the Great. 
Pompey soon to be the great. Yeah, is that what his name was? No, he was born just Pompey soon to be the great, kind of self fulfilling yeah. prophecy. And then eventually he became Pompey the Great. Right, right, right. Yep. But Sulla marched on Rome for the second time, and this kicked off the first major civil war in Roman history, which <laughs> Sulla won. And uh, that was thanks in large part to Pompey's skill as a military leader. Frankly, Pompey is worth an episode on his own, but I don't want to. So we're not gonna. <laughs> you'll hear you'll hear a bit about him Reason in this episode. Enough. Yeah. So keep an eye on him and uh, keep an eye on Crassus. They they're important. So this uh, civil war only lasted about a year. It ended in 82 BC, and it was followed by lots of massacres and proscriptions, which was a word I wasn't fully familiar with. But it basically means here's a list of people. They die. Well, you know, gotta get your fan base right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Sulla crushed anyone who might have been against him. Naturally. Uh, meanwhile, Pompey retook Sicily and North Africa, also executing anyone who was pr- outspoken and against Sulla. So death and despair reigned supreme in Rome. And then in 81, Sulla was declared dictator. This mm-hmm. is not what, it's kind of like what we consider a dictator today, but it, it, was a, it was an official title granted to people, men, during times of great crisis. Because sometimes democracy is just too slow. Ah, yes, just like the Emperor in Star Wars. Yes. Got overall power and state of emergency. Right, exactly. (laughs) Um, Historically, this was granted quite a few times when there was a a direct threat to Rome, and it's like, we just need someone to handle it. Mm -hmm. And they always gave the power back, voluntarily. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There was always a, a time limit, and they agreed to that time yep. limit. I'm starting to remember more history now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sulla's decree as dictator had no end date. Oh. Huh. Because he he said, give me this. Seems seems flawed from the start. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't say that he was dictator for life. It just <laughs> didn't have an end date. Right, right, right. Uh, so he pushed through a bunch of reforms, uh, mainly to strengthen the Senate and secure the state. And then he stepped down two years later huh. in 79. Yep. All he right. Well, to live a, a life as a private citizen until he died. I, that's good. Yeah. Get your power. Get your money. You're like, all right, man. I fixed this place. I'm gonna go chill. Yep. I'm glad I glad I could help. Um, peace. Yeah. Caesar was alive through most of this. Mm-hmm. Through the like the last bit of that. Um, but it's important to note how similar Sulla and Caesar are. Mm-hmm. Um, Sulla is often considered one of the worst tyrants in Roman history and like a you know he massacred so many people and et cetera et cetera I obviously skimmed over most of it but uh, it's it's kind of funny how Sulla is viewed one way and Julius Caesar is viewed very differently hey sometimes you just got to kill some people get shit done this is true but we will note some important distinctions between the two as we go forward so Let's get into Caesar. So, Gaius Julius Caesar was born on the 12th of July in 100 BC, which makes it quite easy to know how old he was at any given time. Mm-hmm. His family was of the patrician class, though they were not particularly wealthy. His father, also Gaius Julius Caesar, was a senator and brother-in-law to Marius. Oh, all right. Close right. connections here. Yep. Uh, the elder Julius never became a consul, never reached that pinnacle in the Roman Senate. And that did not sit well with his 15-year-old son, uh, whose ambition was white hot. Dad, you're not good enough. I'm going to do better. (laughs) Yeah. So in pursuit of a higher position in life, Caesar married the daughter of Lucius Cornelius Cinna. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. That's a good good path. Yeah, but remember what happened to Marius and Cinna? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he marries this this young woman named Cornelia. Uh, Cinna was Marius' accomplice when they took... 
Rome together after Sulla had left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was killed by his troops, like I mentioned, when Sulla was returning. So Caesar's marriage to Cinna's daughter and his father's relationship with Marius made the young man a target when Sulla became dictator, as one might expect. Sulla demanded that Caesar divorce his wife. He revoked Caesar's priesthood because he was a priest of Jupiter, thanks to Marius and Cinna. This was an important role for a young man. Took Cornelia's dowry and Caesar's inheritance and forced the young nobleman to flee. All right, I get it. He's a little angry. He's upset about it. (laughs) Uh, Caesar had to pay bribes and move his hiding place every night to avoid capture. It's a lot of work. Yeah. So a quote here from Suetonius, who's one of the primary sources for this time period. It is known that after firmly resisting the pleas of Caesar's most devoted and eminent friends who were obstinate in his cause, Sulla finally gave way and divinely inspired or with shrewd foresight cried, you win then, take him. But be clear, the man you're so keen to save will prove the ruin someday of this party you and I support. There is many a Marius in this fellow Caesar. You will rue the day. Yeah. That is what that said right yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit uh, hypocritical. <laughs> he could say, there's a good bit of Sulla in this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You yeah. Don't worry about that. Details. Details, details, details. So after people kept bugging Sulla, he was like, fine, Caesar, I won't kill Caesar. Whatever. But it'll be on your head when he does some bad stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> Mistakes were made. Yeah. So Caesar could read the writing on the wall. And while uh, Sulla was dictator, he's like, okay, I'm allowed back in Rome, but maybe I should go off on a campaign instead and just stay out of sight. So he joins up in the military in 81 BC and heads over to uh, the Asian provinces, again, modern Turkey, to take part in some warring. While raising a fleet for this endeavor, Caesar spent a long time in the court of King Nicomedes uh, of Bithynia. This led to rumors that the two had a homosexual relationship, mm. a rumor that would follow Caesar throughout his life. And it was actually pretty important to the Romans, and it's mentioned in like all the sources. Suetonius has an entire chapter on this. But is it true? Probably. Okay. But um, so we should talk just a bit about that. Being gay wasn't really a thing right it didn't it didn't exist that, yeah that it's wasn't term what it was people just had sex with people right um what mattered was class and that position. makes yeah that makes yeah. sense so if caesar was in a gay relationship with a king mm-hmm. while he's just a young man with nothing to his name really the assumption would be that he was the bottom right which right, right. wasn't okay <laughs> by roman standards it's like no 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 no, no. how are you going to be the the assertive powerful man if you're bottoming for some king you can't lead if you're submissive in any other part of your life right can't do it exactly so that that's how they viewed it um which okay. is why to them it, this rumor was a big deal and it right. lingered forever his his uh legions later in life actually like openly mocked him about it despite loving him dearly <laughs> Yeah, it was a big deal. It's not really a big deal to our for our purposes, but I thought I should mention it. So a few years later, in 75 BC, Saul is gone by this point. But um, at age 25, Caesar set off for the island of Rhodes to learn some rhetoric from a very famous teacher. While crossing over to the island, he was captured by pirates. Jack Sparrow coming to save the day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except... Uh, Spoilers, pirates don't win this one. But uh, (laughs) pirates were a huge problem in the Mediterranean at this time, uh, Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't be properly dealt with until Pompey the Great sorted them out a little bit later. 
So, these pirates had made a mistake. They did not know the man that they had captured, nor the resolve he had within. Uh, the pirates called for 20 talents for Caesar's release. So, I, I did some very in-depth research to figure out how much that would be in modern currency. Right. Google talent I, to dollars. Yes. So, these, these are very rough, <laughs> rough numbers. Uh, so, the approximation of a talent by modern U.S. dollars is about $1.4 million. For one talent? Yeah. Okay, so they wanted like $24 million. Uh, yeah, 28 Okay. Yep, they wanted Great. $28 million for Caesar. All right. What do you think Caesar thought about that? He said, that's not enough. You got to ask for more. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Caesar laughed at them Um, because they clearly didn't know who he was and demanded that they up the ransom from 20 to 50 talents. Well, this man's like, listen, you can yeah. get more out of them, all right? I'm important. <laughs> yeah, that, that's insultingly low. Yeah. That would be $70 million. The amount of arrogance you need to have to tell your kidnappers, no, 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 no. I'm important, okay? You need more for me. So the pirates were probably a little confused. Right. But then they sent Caesar's companions back to get this money. So they're like, okay, if you think, if, if you insist. So a quote here from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Caesar made himself at home among the pirates, bossing them around and shushing them when he wanted to sleep. He made them listen to the speeches and poems that he was composing in his unanticipated downtime and berated them as illiterates if they weren't sufficiently impressed. <laughs> right, right. He would participate in the pirates' games and exercises, but he always addressed them as if, as if he were the commander and they were his subordinates. From time to time, he would threaten to have them all crucified. They took it as a joke from their overconfident, slightly nutty captive. Oh, man. Well, I mean, guess fake it till you make it, right? You just got to assert that dominance. Yeah. Yeah. Just over overconfidence to the extreme. You get kidnapped. I am the captain now. All right. <laughs> this is now. my ship. Okay. <laughs> so the ransom was paid and Caesar returned to shore. And what do you think he did? Got them all killed. Just killed them all. Or made them his army? He started building a fleet. Okay. There you go. Uh, bear in mind. <laughs> He holds no public office. Right. And is not a military leader at this point. He just got charisma for days. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you need? So he took his fleet to where the pirates were still camped on an island mm. and captured them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he returned to Asia and the governor there was kind of like, ah, what are we going to do? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything about this. So what do you think Caesar did? I don't know. He, well, like I said, I think there's two options. He either took him in and was like, all right, you're part of my fleet now. Or it was like. I'm gonna kill all of you. <laughs> Remember his 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 threat that they thought was a joke. Oh, he crucified all of he them. He sure did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. He went down to the jail and crucified them all. He's like, oh, you're not gonna. I'll, it's fine. I'll take care of it. Don't yeah. worry about it. I got this. I got this. You, you just sit sit down. <laughs> you just die right over there for me for a second. All right. So from there, Caesar continued his political career, first becoming a military tribune and then a quaestor, which is you know the lower rungs of that cursus honorum I mentioned. As Quaestor, he was sent to Spain. Uh, he did pretty well here. He didn't do anything of great note. But while there, he stumbled upon a statue of Alexander the Great. Mm. Alexander had conquered, quote, the world right. by the time he was 33 years mm -hmm. old. And Caesar was feeling kind of mopey about his lack of accomplishment. <laughs> so by what have I age. done? You yeah. Know, this man, he conquered the world. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. He, and he hadn't. He hadn't done much of any particular note except, you know, slaughter some pirates. Which right. is kind of badass, but... Suetonius also says that at this time he had a dream of raping his mother. 
But a sooth, don't worry, a soothsayer uh, told him, no, 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 that's Mother Earth. Oh, okay. And uh, you should go conquer some stuff. Right. You're going to rape the Earth. Yeah. By conquering it. Yeah. And it just looked like your mom because... That's what you know as mother. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Stuff and <laughs> reasons. You know, go 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 conquer or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just wanted uh, Caesar to get out of his tent. Yeah, that makes sense. I would too. Yeah. So Caesar returned to Rome after after his time in Spain uh, to accept his next promotion to Aedile in 65 BC at 35 years old. Aedile sounds like a Pokemon name. It sure does. You know, it's some sort of reptilian, reptilian Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Aedile. Go. So he comes back to to do this next part of the official climbing the ladder thing, right? Mm-hmm. But they have other plans, right? Uh, remember Marcus Licinius Crassus? The name sounds familiar. You said it before. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's all I said too. Okay, okay, good. We're on the same page. Yes, yes. Uh, so he was a, a former consul, and he had a plan with Caesar and several others to slaughter the Senate on New Year's Day. Oh, boy, a party, a New Year's party. (laughs) Yeah. The plan was then to install Crassus as dictator, Caesar as master of horse, which is second in command to a dictator, and the other two men as consuls. All right. Seems like a solid plan. Yeah. Crassus didn't show up, though. We got cold feet. Oh, come on, man. You just showed up and all the other pants down? Yes. Well, no, they just didn't do it. Oh, well, just nothing happened. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't like... I honestly don't know how they know about this, like... Oh, if it was so secret? Yeah. Yeah. But it was in, it was in the, the stuff. One of them so must have talked about it. Someone must have said something. Yeah. So that, that out of the way, Caesar's like, okay, fine. I'll keep doing the normal political thing, whatever. So as Adile, uh, Caesar put on lavish games for the people. Uh, he spent great sums of money that he did not have. Uh, to impress the masses. Gotta have the people love you, though. Yeah. It's, yeah, you'll see that that's a theme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had so many gladiators at one point for these games that the Senate actually passed a bill limiting the number of gladiators you could have in the city. Because <laughs> they were getting nervous. You're going to get a gladiator army and take over the city. Aww. We can't have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I honestly don't know if at this point uh, the Spartacus uprising had happened with all the gladiators and slaves. But uh, I know that Pompey's the one that put them down. So that might have happened by now. Oh, I'm not exactly in sure on the years. So that might have been part of why they were so nervous about it. <laughs> Throughout these early years in politics, Caesar was helping to undo the laws and rules Sulla had set up while dictator. Uh, and this did not sit well with many senators, uh, as many felt Sulla's laws had strengthened the state and the Senate itself. That was the purpose of them. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Caesar then bribed his way to the position of Pontifus Maximus. The high priest. Sounds sounds really nice. It's a very important it's position. Good... <laughs> yeah, very powerful. By this point, he was so deeply in debt that he told his mother he would either return as pontifex or not at all. That's fair. Yeah. He won in a landslide. <laughs> his money talks. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this would go on for in the future to protect him from the Senate and others who saw him as a threat. Because he could be like, I am the high priest. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. am I really wrong? I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, the next uh, conspiracy was the, Ca- I think it's Catiline, but I'm going to call it the Catiline Conspiracy. Perfect. Uh, in 63 BC, um, this was another attempt to overthrow the Republic. Uh, Caesar, who may or may not have been involved, it's actually unclear, insisted on leniency for the conspirators and would have won over the Senate if not for Senator Cato's speech against the conspiracy. Damn. There's your mention of Cato. He's really important, but we won't talk about him much. There you go. So Caesar t- continued to delay 
um, after Cato made this speech because he was like, no, 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 I'm going to filibuster so we can't punish these people mm. until the Senate guards threatened to kill him. <laughs> stop talking or we're going to make you stop talking forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't go back to the Senate house for a year after right. that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Uh, so, but next, he was elevated to the title of Praetor, only one step below consul. A tribune of the plebs then put forward some inflammatory bills in favor of the rights of the common people. Remember, tribunes of the plebs are the representatives of the people right. in the Senate. Yeah. Um, and Caesar backed this. The bill was vetoed by Caesar's colleague, and when Caesar wouldn't let it go, both he and the tribune were suspended from office. Which, uh... Probably pissed him off a little bit. I can imagine. Yeah. But instead of, you know, just giving up, he just went out into the streets and continued talking about this bill. As he's been doing his whole life. Just, you know what? I'll do it myself. That's fine. And once again, the threat of physical force is the only thing that made him back down. Suetonius says, in fact, when the populace flocked to his house spontaneously the following day and in a riotous demonstration offered him their help in regaining office, he restrained them. His response being unanticipated, the Senate, which had hastily convened to address the situation, you know, of a growing mob saying, no, you can't fire him, we like him, ended by thanking him publicly via a deputation of its leaders, summoning him to the House and, while showering praises on him, revoking their former decree and reconfirming his praetorship. There you go. That's one way to do it. So you're doing something that we view as wrong. You are fired. Oh, you have a mob, <laughs> and you told them not to kill us. You well, the thank heart you for that. Of the masses, okay, sure. Thank you we'll for let that. You back. Wonderful. So this is uh, getting kind of dicey, right? But uh, Caesar's popular reforms and lavish games had clearly been winning over the common people, mm-hmm. and he was a very good public speaker. Seems like it. Yeah, he convinced a bunch of pirates just to let them live and not do anything about it, and yeah. get more money, and then killed them all. Right. Precisely. There's an important thing to know here that if if you hold office, um, these certain offices in the government, you have what's called, uh, I believe it's imperium. I have a note on it somewhere in here. But what it means essentially is you represent the state. Like you are the embodiment of the state. So you can't be charged with crimes and stuff. Oh, because you're representing the whole state. Right. All right. So... Caesar was getting nervous because his praetorship was about to end. Mm. And then in the brief interim between that and him going off to become a, I believe it's called a pro praetor, which is where after you're, you're a praetor, you can go rule some stuff um, as essentially a governor. Right. He knew that if he didn't leave and go to Spain right away where he was going to be this governor thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he was going to get pulled in by all the debt collectors and all the senators who right. were pissed. Right. Maybe die. Yeah. So he yeah. left early. Okay. And just headed off to space. Wow, <laughs> oh, I love you guys. I'm going to go to Spain, you know, have a good time. I'm going to go rule for a while. There's some tribes over there that I need to beat up on. And, That's uh, right. Yeah, and not go to jail or have you come right. take all my money that I don't have. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't take back your money. It's just my money. It's fine. Yeah, so you'll see a, you'll see a theme here where Caesar's like, I need the next office that is in this line so that it's either that or I die. I mean, that's good motivation. Yeah. It really keeps you going. Yeah. From the get-go. So he went off to Hispania Ulterior, Spain, where he ruled essentially as this governor and conquered two local tribes and secured the region. He was very popular for this too. Like this was his first major victory militarily mm. and uh, the people loved it. 
Now let's talk about Caesar's year as consul. Hey, there you go. Yeah. There we go. Finally. Fuck you, Dad. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I did it, Dad. Are you proud of me? So 40 was the official age that a man could become consul. Uh, so before Caesar's term in Spain ended, he rushed back to Rome so that mm. he couldn't be charged with any crimes. <laughs> right. Uh, to request that he be in the running for consulship. However, he was only 38 at the time. How dare you, sir? But he got special permission right. to run anyway. Probably talked Don't, really cool to somebody. Yeah, like, twisted yeah, some sounds good. And <laughs> there was probably some bribes. Definitely some and bribes. He was, and he was being regarded as a hero for what he right. did in Spain. So, you know, again, the people loved him. Mm -hmm. uh, two other men were up for this office. Because remember, there's two consulships a year. Right, right, right. And Caesar chose the weaker, richer of the two, Lucius. To help him bribe the Senate so the two could win. This is a different ah, Lucius than the more one we've More manipulable? Yes. And, and more money. Yeah. So there you go. Yep. Is that a word? Manipulatable? Yeah, you know. Manipulatable? I, I don't know. Something like that. Something. Take advantage of the man. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, we'll quote Suetonius again. Hearing of this, the aristocratic party, fearing there was nothing Caesar would not dare if he were consul with a compliant colleague alongside him, authorized Bibulus, the third man in the running, to match their bribes. Oh. Many aristocrats contributed to the fund, not even Cato rejecting bribery in the circumstances as a means of achieving public good. Okay. So, again, Cato is mentioned briefly. Mm -hmm. He's very mm -hmm. important, and we'll continue not talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, the Senate generally feared Caesar. For I good mean, reason. Yeah, they've been kind of on his bad side forever. They've been yeah. pretty button heads the whole time. Yeah. And it just doesn't go away. And and he keeps winning. Yeah, he just keeps coming back. The people yeah. are just like, no, nah, we love this man. Like, yep. He's just, he's showing open disdain for the rules and the laws mm -hmm. of the Senate, all the traditions. Right. Uh, and he'll stop at nothing to gain power for himself. Right, right, right. That's dangerous for a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, as a means of slowing his progress... Uh, they vetoed, or they voted that Caesar would be given a crummy job after his consulship so that he couldn't have anything important or cool to do once he was done with his year as consul. Right. Get consul and go sit in a building somewhere and don't do anything. Right. Uh, Caesar did not take kindly to that. No. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So at this time, Pompey was also a very well-respected military leader and politician. Was he great yet? Oh, yes. Okay. He got the great uh, during the wars that Sulla was fighting. Well, that makes sense. Yep. But then went on to do even more. Okay. Yeah. So he, he's very, very much the uh, figurehead of modern military excellence. All right. All in right. In this time. Uh, he had won so many victories that he had added four provinces to the Republic. Oh, good for you. Yeah. But even while Pompey was consul with Crassus, mm -hmm. the other man we were talking about, mm -hmm. He could not get the Senate to ratify his treaties and make those deeds official. So, like, he conquered those lands, and they're ostensibly, like, part of the Republic, but not officially. Not officially. Okay. Yeah, which means Pompey isn't getting the recognition that he deserves. His troops aren't getting the land that they were promised. Right. And this kind of shows how the, the Republic was kind of like our government right now, where nothing's getting done. Ah, yes. It's all stalemate. Just veto everything. Yeah. Good. It's just gridlock the that's, entire time that's and it, progress right there right yeah <laughs> 
So Crassus, meanwhile, was a firm supporter of Caesar. Remember, he was in with Caesar on the plan to right. overthrow. Right, he, he just didn't show up. Right, because he's a little chicken shit. Right. Um, he was also paying off a lot of Caesar's debts. Crassus, mm-hmm. I, I believe I might be wrong on this, but I believe at the time was the richest man in the Republic. It could make sense. Yeah. I'm sure even though it wasn't official for his conquerings, he still got some compensation for that. No, no, no. This or is Crassus. Oh. He's an older man who's... Crassus. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yep. Caesar... Or Pompey. Not Pompey. Yep. Pompey was a conqueror. Crassus did some fighting too, but we'll see that he's not very good at it. Um, <laughs> he's good at making money. Yeah. So Pompey, Caesar, and Crassus kind of unite to form the first triumvirate an unofficial secret agreement that these three very powerful men would work together to ensure that whatever they wanted pushed through was going to get pushed through. Well, that's never good. No. <laughs> like, no. ah, let's just make the world how we want it. Yeah. And anything they didn't want to happen wasn't going to happen. happen. All right. Yeah. So let's take a look at this uh, year as consul for Caesar in 59 BC. Uh, so he was working with his co-consul Bibulus, who did win. This is the man that was authorized to bribe to match Caesar's bribes. Okay, right, right. So they didn't want Lucius with Caesar because mm-hmm. they're like, mm-hmm. we don't want some some little uh, punching bag. Right, to so just Caesar would be the one in charge. That's it. Yeah. yeah. God forbid there only be one consul and it be Caesar. Right. <laughs> well, right. We'll, we'll see well, what happens. You know. <laughs> Caesar wanted these very progressive reforms to be done. The most important one for him was a land bill to 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 rework the way land was distributed. So the Republic had struggled for years with a very weak agri- uh, agricultural sector. Mm-hmm. For decades, rich men had been buying up smaller farms, thus pushing many farmers into the cities to look for work. Stop me if this sounds familiar. <laughs> the state had a policy of feeding the poor for free, not familiar right. to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a massive influx of poor farmers coming into your cities put a massive strain on the people and the government. Doesn't sound right. Yeah. On top of this, the rich farmers with little competition didn't do much with their vast swaths of land, which meant there was less food. Okay. So less food production, more people that need food. That's a good plan. Yeah. I like that. And a bunch of urban poor. Yeah. It's a good plan. With nothing to do. That we're supposed to feed. Yeah. not, Not looking good. So Caesar's plan, which he proposed proposed on his first day as consul, was for the state to buy up this excess land from willing landowners, mm-hmm. then redistribute it to the urban poor via a lottery system. And then they could farm. Yeah. And yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. This would, in theory, generate more food while thinning out the poor population in cities. Mm-hmm. Caesar worked with the Senate to get this bill rolling, but Cato, who again was a very important figure during this time, uh, was like... Mm, I'm going to filibuster and I'm going to stop this from being shared with the public. And that's important because any bill that was going to be voted on needed to be up in the forum for the public to read for 24 days. Oh, that's nice. So the the Senate needed to approve that process. Approve it it publicly out there. And then vote on it. Then vote on it. So Cato was trying to stop that from happening, which Caesar was reasonably upset about because it's like, it seemed like the Senate was ready to move forward and Cato was just being a dick. Well, yeah, this plan is for the people. Right. Well, for the state, really. I mean, yeah. like, there's this huge problem. This is a decent-sounding solution. Yeah. 
there's there's probably good reason that is you know buried um, for why Cato was trying to stop it, but it definitely was viewed as like why are you doing this? Yeah. So uh, Caesar ordered Cato be arrested there and then. Hmm. Uh, consuls had this authority, like oh, okay. they were the top figures in the government. But wow, the Senate was not happy about that. <laughs> no, no, no. The House erupted and many senators stormed out, one stating that he would rather be imprisoned with Cato than in the Senate with Caesar. Oh, man. Yeah. So Caesar backed down and released Cato. <laughs> so, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Right, I was joking. It's fine. Yeah. So this is when the elite started to outwardly criticize uh, the consul of being a tyrant, mm. which makes sense. I mean, yeah, I also get where Caesar's coming from, though. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a, uh, yeah, you know, maybe maybe we can all just work together. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Caesar then turned back to the people. Mm-hmm. He posted the bill in the forum for all to read and declared there would be a vote in 24 even days. Though, <laughs> even though the Senate didn't approve it. Yeah. See, this man just gets stuff done. Okay, yeah. he's, he's a go-getter. Yeah, well, you know, this wasn't technically illegal, but okay. precedents said the Senate needed to vote on the bill before posting it to the public. Uh, but the vocal support of Pompey and Crassus allowed Caesar to continue. And people, there you go. So these people in the Senate are like these two powerful, wealthy, very important members of the Senate just mm-hmm. said, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. And they're that. like. Okay, and they put their head down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let the people decide, right? Well, naturally, the people love the bill. Yeah, well, yeah, it helps the people. It was insanely popular. Yeah, so popular, in fact, that on the day of the vote, when Bibulus and Cato arrived to veto the bill mm-hmm. with a large group of conservatives, uh, consuls and tribunes, like I mentioned, can veto anything in the Senate. Right. The crowd encircled them. <laughs> Can't veto if you're not there. What do you think happened? Oh man, did the, did the crowd get a little, get jabbed and want to kill him? I don't know. This seems like a mob situation potentially. Oh, Maybe it a little, is. Little fight, little brawl broke out. Oh yeah, there's bodies. You've got, you've got a group of like thirty to fifty people yeah. coming in to veto a bill, and there's right. hundreds, maybe that thousands. All the people are like, "Nah, we want this." Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. The, the mob overpowered Bibulus's guards. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Um, do you, what do you think happened? Do you think they killed Bibulus? Do, what do you think happened? Maybe. Damn, probably. They dumped they probably, feces on his head. Oh. <laughs> I mean, the that's, consul. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. That's not great. The, the conservatives then retreated because yeah. no one wants to poop on their head. Correct. <laughs> and you'll be shocked to learn that the bill passed. No. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, all right, man, you try to veto this. Yeah. <laughs> no. Bibulus was not happy. No, no, that makes sense. And he tried to have Caesar's actions condemned since mob violence has no place in government. I mean, Caesar didn't tell them to do it. He didn't tell them not to. Uh, well, he didn't <laughs> tell them to. What do you <laughs> Well, once again, Pompey and Crassus, two highly respected and powerful former consuls, said, you know what? Caesar's actions were legal, as was the vote for the land reform bill. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't illegal. This, uh, this really made... Everyone in the Senate kind of go, okay, maybe we should stop speaking against Caesar. <laughs> maybe, because they didn't know about the triumvirate. It was a secret. Right, right, right. But it was becoming clear that they that were those in three are talking a yeah. lot. Yeah. Bibulus then essentially hid in his house for the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Got feces dumped on him. He's like, I don't have any power here. 
I'm going to just hold my position and not die. Right. So now we have Caesar in practice as the sole consul. Right. Caesar pushed through the ratifications of Pompey's conquests and a bill to resettle Pompey's veterans okay. in the newly conquered lands, as well as a tax bill that I won't get into that Crassus really wanted. It was important, but it's we don't need to talk about it. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Caesar also helped settle the matter of Egypt, which I haven't mentioned yet. So let's <laughs> take a brief look at what's going on. Egypt. So Egypt at this time is an independent kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's not part of the Republic. Uh, they are big time uh, trading partners and supply a lot of grain to okay. Rome. Right. Because Egypt is a breadbasket. Makes sense. Yeah. So Ptolemy the 11th had left his kingdom to Rome in his will. Oh. Yeah. However... The illegitimate the mm-hmm. illegitimate Ptolemy the Twelfth took the throne, and Rome never bothered to fight about it. It was just kind of like, all right, all right, whatever, man. You keep trading grain with us. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. There's actually uh, in my research. There's there's like several kings who just when they die, they're like, okay, Rome, you can just have this. You can have it. It's fine. Yeah, like whatever. Which is interesting. You definitely wouldn't see that in like medieval kingdoms. Like, just, oh yeah, here you oh, go. No, take, take my take the kingdom of France. It'll be easy. Yeah, <laughs> like, just have it. Well, I guess it did kind of happen one time. We don't need to talk about that though. <laughs> uh, what do you think Caesar did when he got in charge and was put forth with this issue of Egypt? He wanted to go. He wanted to go take it. No. So Ptolemy the Twelfth no? actually came to Rome in person. Oh. To request recognition of e- as Egypt's rightful king. What a gentleman. And Caesar and the Senate happily granted this request. What a gentleman. After Ptolemy paid them a very large sum of money. There you go. Yes. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Bibulus was sitting at home uh, scheduling state holidays on every day that Caesar tried to have a vote passed. <laughs> he's, he's still kicking. He's still know? trying. He's still- uh, which would make these votes illegal. Oh, you can't vote on a holiday, huh? Thank goodness Caesar was Pontifus Maximus. That's right. The, the high, high priest. priest. He's like, nah, it's not a holiday. No, 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 it's still a holiday, but the gods won't be upset. Oh, you just said it's yeah, fine. It's fine. It's fine. We can we can vote on this. No, nah, I'm the high priest. It's fine. Thanks for scheduling <laughs> that, Bibulus. We'll uh, we'll we'll celebrate was, while we was vote. Was this man just like making up holidays or they, like? They, the holidays weren't set on specific dates like we think of them, but there were like annual religious and state holidays and they would be scheduled by the consuls. Weird. They didn't have like work weeks and stuff like we yeah, do. Yeah, I you know. know like, but I know that they have calendars. It's funny you should mention that. They do like, and I mean, they don't work well. Oh, okay. So. We will talk about that later. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, remember when I said the Senate set Caesar up with some crappy job after his year as consul? That was the plan, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Caesar set himself up with three provinces. Oh, good. For after his consulship ended, this was unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, almost every consul after their year would become a proconsul. I mentioned pro praetor right. earlier. Yeah. It is the after you're a consul, you get to go be a governor. Right. You, just, you just you just kind of go have a retirement life, and then you, you steal relax. all the money from the province, and then you leave. Good. That's okay. basically that's, <laughs> that's basically what it was. Standard practice. Yeah. Almost always, you'd get one province. Sometimes you'd get two. Oh, so he gave himself three. It just kind of worked out that way, where he had two, and then someone died, oh. and he's like, "Okay, cool. I'll take that one too." Okay. So he's yeah. gonna have a. Uh, Illyricum, which is like just east of Italy, mm-hmm. Cisalpine Gaul, and Transalpine Gaul, which are North Italy and then like the southern bit of France. Okay. 
And that was what was conquered thus far in modern France. Mm-hmm. Everything else was still barbarians as they okay, saw Okay, so it's kind of like, yeah. you know, edge of the edge of the kingdom, kingdom, yeah. you know, empire, mm. state. It, yeah, it's some it's interesting cuz you could definitely argue the republic was an empire. Right. Um and some sources do refer to it as the empire. I wait until we have emperors to refer to it as such. It makes sense just for terminology's sake. Right. Yeah. So he got these three provinces assigned to him, and that came with four legions. And a legion is an army. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So he's got that looking to look forward to. But to wrap up his crazy year in charge, Caesar put two more bills before the Senate. Another land reform bill uh, that made it through, but frustrated a lot of senators. Um, we won't go into it; it's kind of wordy. But and a huge reform bill on how provinces would be governed. Like how things were organized and how they were done, it it reworked almost everything. Pretty and, much changing government style. Yeah. Okay. And this bill would affect the running of the republic and then the empire for centuries. Okay. Like obviously it would change over time, but yeah. this was the foundation. Finally, that the triumvirate saw to it that Caesar's father-in-law and Pompey's former legate became the next consuls, thus ensuring the continued reforms. Yeah, that's going to keep it keep it going for a while. Yep. So, uh, as the reins of power were to be handed over, Caesar gave a farewell speech. It's a pretty Naturally. standard mm-hmm. thing. To everyone's surprise, Bibulus showed up to give his own speech. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he had not been seen in public for almost the whole year. Yeah. yeah. As he approached the stand to speak, a tribune of the plebs, who owed his mm-hmm. entire career to Caesar, okay. stepped forward. And vetoed his ability to give a speech. Ah, uh, that people spoke. We don't hear you, man. Go, uh, yeah. go away. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, you have reached the pinnacle of your career. Like, you, you wanted to be consul since you were a child. You're here. You didn't get to do anything all year. And then some tribune of the pledge steps out and, like, you can't give a speech. Yeah, like, nah, man, just go back home. <laughs> so let's just say Caesar won. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's how Caesar's year as consul <laughs> ended. <laughs> That's all. That's couple it. Couple things. Couple Just things happened. Things. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Pretty too standard here. So once again, Caesar was in danger of being called to trial for his year as consul. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> Time to get out of here. <laughs> he did a lot of things to upset a lot of powerful people, and he was still very deeply in debt. To protect himself, he strengthened his alliance with Pompey by marrying his daughter Julia to the aging warrior. To the aging warrior. Poppy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, that was kind of worded weird. I apologize. I thought it was just a different person. Oh, it sounded yeah, no, interesting. Poppy. <laughs> was like, this is the title of another person we haven't heard about. <laughs> the aging warrior. Yeah, I was like, that's that's an interesting name. <laughs> so he uh, he was in charge of his three provinces and his four, four legions, legions and set about raising and training two more legions at his own expense. <laughs> it is his own expense of no money again. Oh, but now he's in charge of three provinces. Oh, got lots I mean, of money. Well, sure. Not going to okay. pay anyone back. No, but, no, no. But he's got lots of it money. It doesn't exist. Yeah, okay? yeah. You just keep ignoring it. So he had, a, at this point, a standing force of approximately 30,000 men. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good longevity of life there. Early on in 59... Uh, Caesar found a weak pretext for war in Gaul. I'll remind you, Gaul is generally France. Okay. And they, they have the southern little bit of France mm-hmm. leading mm-hmm. to Spain. But other than that... And re- Gaul is regarded as barbarian yeah. territory? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Correct. Anything that's not Roman is barbarian. Okay. That's yep. fair. I that guess. is, that is <laughs> quite literally what it means. Okay. Yes. Uh, so 
he found a weak pretext for war in Gaul, the Helvetii, which was a tribe living north of the Alps, so just north of Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had decided, we're going to move westward. This would take approximately 300,000 Helveti people through the lands of Rome's Gallic allies. Okay. Okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, not that big a deal. They're right. just moving. They're just, yeah. Caesar chose to block their path and build <laughs> 20 kilometers of walls along the river My God. to prevent their crossing. <laughs> he said, can't do that. Yeah. Eventually, a massive battle took place, which Caesar won, mm-hmm. though at the cost of some 5,000 of his men. Yeah. This marked the beginning of the Gallic Wars. Yeah. Also note, Caesar did this without permission. He does everything without permission. Yeah. He just does what he wants, man. He doesn't take kindly to people telling him what to do. Nah. <laughs> yeah. He took his armies outside of Roman territory to fight a nomadic people who didn't seem to be a threat to the Republic in any way. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> and for the next eight years, Caesar would war with the tribes of Gaul across modern France and Belgium and parts of Germany. He faced a few defeats and setbacks, but generally came out on top. He even crossed the English Channel to Britannia, then known as the Edge of the World. Mm. He did little well there, but the propaganda was good. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. He he went over and conquered the Britons, the mm-hmm. famed tribe who paint themselves blue. And yeah, okay. yeah. The people who didn't even know, like, does it really exist? We don't know. <laughs> yeah. The legends. Yeah, it was definitely the least interesting part, but it was important for, for optics at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm skimming over a lot. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But uh, while he was away in Britain for two years, Caesar was unaware of the plotting taking place amongst the Gallic tribes. He had done conquering throughout and mm-hmm. hadn't like fully conquered all of it, but was pretty much in charge of most of Gaul by this point. Okay. Between 54 and 53 BC, so we're about six years into the Gallic Wars mm-hmm. at this point, the tribes coordinated an attack while the Romans were wintering in their lands. Mm. For those unfamiliar, you can't fight wars in this time in the winter. Doesn't work it well. It just doesn't work. So Even in most modern times, modern fighting too, war in winter yeah. is not great. Yeah, it's really not fun. So what you would do is you would set up camps mm-hmm. and wait, wait out the out. winter. Yeah. The Roman legions were spread across Gaul. Mm-hmm. in different tribes who had agreed to let them stay there and they build their own forts at this time caesar's legions would build a fort every single night while marching it's insane that sounds terrible like wooden walls four sides yeah. like <laughs> barracks and everything yeah and so you got about five thousand men in each legion very rough approximation sitting in different parts of gaul mm-hmm. one legion was lured out of their camp with false reports that another nearby legion was under attack oh so there was a lot of debate, like, should we do this? Like, should we yeah, go? Go help or but not? But they felt honor-bound to mm-hmm. go help. And right. it was their Gallic ally who told them that this mm. other legion was being attacked. Well, that ally was lying. Well, they were kind of butthurt right now, so yeah. it makes sense. So 5,000 men were slaughtered oh. in an ambush. An entire legion was lost. Meanwhile, a second legion was being besieged in their camp. And they had to fight for over a week. Oh, my God. Before they could get a message out to Caesar. Okay. Because they kept trying. They just kept killing them. Yeah. They would capture yeah. <laughs> the messenger and slowly torture them to death in front of the camp. Oh, wow. Good. Which makes new messengers not really want like, to do uh, it. No, I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm going to stay in here. Yeah. But after a week of fighting and holding them back, because the Romans were damn good at fighting, mm-hmm. They did manage to get a letter out to Caesar who was like, oh, no, mm-hmm. this this could ruin 
everything. Once yeah. again, if he loses, he He's dies. Dead. Right. Yeah. So he gets uh, two legions nearby and rushes toward this camp. Mm-hmm. He starts setting fire to um, villages along the way in the hopes <laughs> to you get know, attention, make get, yeah, pull yeah, them make off. them pull off because like, yeah. oh god, they're burning our homes. Right. And it worked. Yeah, I bet yeah. it did. Caesar ran into the Gauls on a low hill with a stream between them. Seeing he was outnumbered and in a weaker position, Caesar made camp and let the cavalry skirmish for a bit. Uh, I'll make a note of this because it'll be important later. Romans didn't do cavalry very mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. They never had their own cavalry until way later. Right. It was always, hey, tribes, mm-hmm. can we have some cavalry? Because we don't do that. Gotcha. We're infantrymen. We don't sail and we don't ride. We right. fight with swords and spears. There you go. Yeah. Really well, though. Yes, very good at it. But they always had some decent cavalry on their side. They skirmished for a bit, and the instruction was, cavalry, go out there and fight them a bit, and then run away. Mm-hmm. Right. Just run back to camp. Distract them while we build camp, and then come back. No, no, no. Run to the camp. We already have the camp. Oh, okay. Get them to follow you. Yeah, gotcha. Draw them so in. So the cavalry chases the... The enemy cavalry mm-hmm. chases Caesar's cavalry back to camp and then sees all the infantry also start to run and hide in their camp. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're scared. Right. Let's get them. Good tactics. So then the whole army of the Gauls come down and surround the camp. And as they're sending a man in to say, all right, let's 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 settle this, uh, you cowards. Right. You're scared of us. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, see you surrender. Boom. They all burst forth from the camp. The Romans charge out and slaughter the Gauls, who weren't expecting a fight. Right. Good surprise attack. Yeah. That's nice. Many broken ran. The rest were killed. And once winter was over, Caesar took his approximately 10 legions by this point. Oh, my God. <laughs> if they were full power, it would have been 50,000 men. Yeah. But after years of war, like like yeah. 30, something yeah, like that. Probably. Yeah. Um, and they destroyed... The, the entire tribe who had oh, been I the bet. coordinators. Yeah, no, he was like, all right, that's yeah. it. <laughs> then they traveled around Gaul, brutally asserting their dominance, uh-huh. killing thousands. Uh-huh. Another year passed, and Caesar finally felt like the region was secure enough for him to return to Roman territory for a much-deserved break. The Gauls <laughs> could do no further harm. Yeah, no, you killed them all. That was good. How do you think that turned out? Broke their spirit. What, going back to Roman territory? I don't know, they're probably mad about it. The biggest revolt in the yeah. Gallic Wars erupted in 52 BC <laughs> under the young man Vercingetorix. All right. He was brilliant. He was a young man who had studied the Romans and their style of warfare, and he had a plan to defeat Caesar. Uh, plus, he had united virtually all the remaining Gallic tribes and heavily outnumbered the war-worn Roman mm. legions. Well, that's one way to do it. They would win by guerrilla warfare, and by denying Caesar open battle, right, while starving him. I mean, that, that was the game plan. That is a tried and true tactic against a better, maybe better, better equipped, better trained army. Is yep. just hit and run, maybe guerrilla warfare, you got it exactly, and destroy supply lines. Precisely. So we're going to discuss the Battle of Alesia in our rounds at the end, where we're ranking mm-hmm. Caesar because this is his crowning moment. Um, but for now. We'll just say that Caesar defeated this uprising in spectacular fashion. Okay. And with another year of mopping up, the Gallic Wars really did come to an end. Okay. Yeah. After their last big push. Yeah. About nine years of this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big push. Okay. Uh, All the while in the background, uh, the Senate is getting very upset. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, because none of this is still uh, legal. <laughs> That's um, right. All of, all of this is just the, like, Caesar's what are getting, you doing? He's getting real powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting a big head. And yeah, so there you go. So now let's discuss the end of the triumvirate. Because okay. Poppy is also getting upset. All and right. Pretty nervous. <laughs> Why? He's his friend. You know, they're yeah. allies. So remember how Pompey married Caesar's daughter? Yeah. Well, she died in childbirth. Oh, Caesar probably didn't like that. More that Pompey then had no reason to keep being nice to Caesar. Oh, not obligated anymore? Right. Well, kind of felt like, ah, not a big fan. The entire triumvirate starts to fall apart. Um, Pompey was seeing shades of Sulla in Caesar. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did not want one man to yield so much power again. That's fair. Unless maybe it was After Pompey. Maybe, that, I don't know. That, yeah. Crassus, the money mm-hmm. behind the triumvirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember how I said he wasn't too great at fighting? Yeah. So he had coordinated a an invasion of Parthia, which is kind of the um, Roman era Persian Empire. Mm-hmm. Same place, different culture. Gotcha. Uh <laughs> he got captured oh. at uh, Carhi, a very famous battle where many, many Romans died. Okay, because he's bad at planning and fighting. It wasn't okay. good. Okay. It was not good. And uh, may have had molten gold poured down his throat. <laughs> may have. Because they saw him as, you know, a money-grubbing, greedy Roman yeah. guy. Well, I mean, they're not wrong. They're not wrong. <laughs> this might not be true, but I like to believe it Either is. Either way, he died. Yep. Got himself killed. So, Yeah. So the the triumvirate fell apart. That, it yeah. was no longer a thing, and everyone was getting real scared. Tensions rose, and civil war was clearly on the horizon. It was proposed several times by Caesar and his supporters that both Caesar and Pompey should disarm themselves, hand over their legions to the state, and put an end to this. Hmm. No one trusts each other, <laughs> so that didn't happen. Right. Caesar's supporters in the Senate were then kicked out. And oh. Caesar was declared an enemy of the state for his actions in Gaul, well, as well as his year as consul. It's not a great start. He was ordered to return to Rome for his First crimes. crimes. Right. What do you think happened next? He didn't. Well, he returned to Rome with his like 10 legions and was like, what did I do wrong? Close. I don't remember. <laughs> he did, in fact, return to Rome. <laughs> okay. He actually only brought one legion. Oh, okay. Which, which is kind of interesting. Um, he brought the 13th legion. So Caesar crossed the Rubicon, which is the mm-hmm. river border of Italy, mm-hmm. where you're not supposed to bring troops. Oh, oh, that's right. You're not supposed to bring the troops into the heartland. Yeah. We don't want you to just kill us. Exactly. <laughs> but it's kind of hard to tell him you can't when he has an army. Yeah. yeah. This is where he either said the die is cast or let the die be cast. This was the turning point. We're going to see. Mm. Kind of like when he told his mom, I'll return as pontifex or not at all. Right. He's a he's an all-in kind of guy. He Well, you know, every step of the way has been, I either do this or die, so I might as well go all the way. Right. So he's, he's going all in. Pompey and much of the Senate fled the city. Mm-hmm. Now, Pompey actually outnumbered Caesar, but his troops were raw. Whereas Caesar's yeah. men have been fighting for Yeah, they're very decade, experienced. Yeah. And they were super loyal. Mm-hmm. Caesar rushed off to Hispania to take on Pompey, leaving his right-hand man, Mark Antony, in charge of Italy. 
Mark Antony is very important to the story. Also, haven't mentioned much about him, but next week we will talk about him a lot. Okay. Yeah, it's a very it's a familiar name. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's he's very important. He is uh, Caesar's right hand man for a reason. Gotcha. Very important guy. Caesar marched from Italy to Spain so quickly that he took Pompey's men completely off guard. Mm-hmm. However, by this point, Pompey was not in Spain, uh, so Caesar just beat up Pompey's lieutenants. Okay. Kicked their asses. <laughs> Caesar then rushed off to Greece, where Pompey actually was. Okay. Yeah, so he's going everywhere. Mm -hmm. The Battle of Dyrrhachium, I believe is how you pronounce it, was a very close thing to the greatest generals of their age, Pompey and Caesar. Okay, world right. It was very close. Caesar scraped a narrow victory and then went on later that year at Pharsalus to beat Pompey, essentially. The war wasn't over, but Mm -hmm. Pompey was out of troops and on the run. So Pompey escaped to Egypt. Well, Caesar oh, was declared okay. dictator and consul back in Rome. Caesar relinquished his dictatorship after 11 days. Oh. Because, you know, he didn't want to appear power hungry. Oh. <laughs> I'm just, just... Oh, no, I don't want power. I just just marched an army into the into the heart of our nation. And, you know, defeated that's many all. Romans in battle. Kicked him out. That's all. That's yeah, that's all. all we're doing. That's it. Yeah. I don't want power, though. So, he relinquished his dictatorship because, God forbid... He looked like he's trying to steal power. Right. And set off to capture Pompey. What do you think happened when he arrived in Egypt? I don't know. He was, he was the one that accepted their kingdom. I feel like they were like, yeah, here he is. Alive or dead? Oh, dead. They killed him for him. And they sure did. <laughs> so Ptolemy the 13th was a boy king at oh. this point who had deposed his sister. Can you take a guess who his sister was? Name a famous Egyptian woman. Cleopatra. There you go. Oh, wow, all right. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, one we all know. Yep. They they're very Game of Thrones. Cleopatra, his sister, wife, mm. queen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So he had deposed her. She was a lot older than him. Mm-hmm. Um and his advisors, you know, because he's a young boy, right, yeah. were like, Oh, we got Pompey. Uh Caesar's winning. Yeah, we really don't want coming. Rome to come conquer us. Right. So let's kill him. Mm-hmm. And when Caesar arrived, he was presented with Pompey's severed head. Oh. And he wept. Yeah, I was like, I don't think you wanted to kill him. They were friends for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and we will see. Caesar was not harsh with the Romans who sided against him. Oh well, yeah, well, he has already has a history of like trying not not trying to just murder people against them, just beat them. He's like, just let me be in charge. Yeah, and then you can just live. Yeah, he. That is honestly the key difference between he and Sulla and like Marius. Right, because they just murdered everyone. Right, and. Caesar offered clemency wherever possible. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to do the same for Pompey. uh, Maybe. That's what he said. Right. I can see it, though. He's got a history of it. I mean, that's... So he was enraged that these Egyptians thought that they could assassinate a Roman of such high repute. And he had the killers executed. All right. (laughs) And then sided with Cleopatra in the Egyptian (laughs) Civil War. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. At some point, he and his men may have burned down the Library of Alexandria. That sounds important. Very important. Um, some have argued that the, the loss of the library might have set humanity back hundreds of years mm. due to the lost knowledge. Yeah, that sound, makes sense. Yeah, That's debated, though. He may have been involved. It may have been accidental or it may not have happened. Mm. It's kind of hard to tell for certain. But some... 
people say that he burned it down. <laughs> so let's just put that in there. So he fought for a year and won the throne for Cleopatra, uh, who was at, yeah, I already mentioned that he was the sister wife of Ptolemy. Mm-hmm. Right. Caesar and Cleopatra also began a sexual relationship. Caesar was married, but again, it's totally okay because men can't cheat. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they had a son, Caesarian. Okay. Yep. Make a note of that name for next week. So that's going on with Egypt sorted and just for good measure. Caesar then moved up to Pontus, mm-hmm. again, to, uh, modern Turkey, and crushed the armies and their king. <laughs> he then returned to Africa to mop up the remnants of Pompey's supporters. He did lose a battle at this time, but then regrouped and won the war. Mm-hmm. He then had himself declared dictator for 10 years. Okay. Before heading back to Spain to clean up Pompey's sons. Oh, man. Thus, Caesar won both the Egyptian and Roman civil wars. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Caesar's dictatorship. Let's talk about this. It's 10 years? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Many honors were bestowed upon Caesar, and he held several triumphs. Uh, Triumphs are massive celebrations for military victory like days-long games and parades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He paraded Vercingetorix through the streets before having him strangled to death. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, another former queen of Egypt was actually made to walk through, and she held herself with such grace that the people demanded she be released. And oh, she was. Yeah. wow. All right. Yep. It's pretty interesting. So these games were insane. Um, one problem, though, he went a bit overboard and some people thought it was pr- in pretty poor taste to be celebrating defeating other Romans. Okay, that's fair. You don't celebrate civil war. Right. You celebrate you just, conquest. You just kind of move on from it. Right. Also, the displays of wealth and power were a bit much for some. So riots broke out in Rome. And it took the... It said sacrifice slash execution of two rioters. My understanding of Roman history is human sacrifice was never a thing. Not ritual. Right. So when they said sacrifice, I I was kind of hesitant. But two people were killed Mm -hmm. for rioting, and that settled everyone down. Yeah. That's what I would expect. Yeah, just execution, punishment for your crime, quote unquote. So all that out of the way, Mm -hmm. Caesar's in charge, and he set about creating a new constitution which aimed to strengthen his position while weakening other institutions. Yeah, sounds right. As a dictator. Yeah. This was, honestly, to gain stability in the republic which it hasn't had for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. You know, it, mainly due to Caesar, but that's okay. Yeah, and but others. <laughs> yeah. We'll see this, a similar thing with Augustus next week where if if you do well long enough with your tyranny, people forget that it's your fault that it was so oh, bad right. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, many important functions of the government were overhauled and improved upon. He offered rewards to families for having many children since civil wars tend to drop the population significantly. They sure do. Yeah. Rules were also implemented about people moving out of Italy, again, to keep the population up. Okay. So, yeah. like, you can only leave for a few years, and you got to come back and All right, yeah, keep that population here. going. Yep. Get the power back, get the money back. The Forum of Caesar was built, and forums at this time are massive, like, central places for people to gather in the city. They're okay. very important to the function of society, along with many other public building projects. His veterans were granted land for their services, as he had promised. Good. One massive change he made was to the calendar, which you had mentioned earlier. All right. Now, at this time, the Romans used a calendar based off the moon. Mm -hmm. But Caesar recognized the limits of this, and having spent so much time in Egypt, realized that they had a calendar based off the The sun. sun. 
and this uh, he chose to adopt. This is the 365.25 day calendar that we use today. Still, all right. The Julian calendar. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, they even had like leap years and stuff mm-hmm. and leap days. Yeah. So he he really is because of him we have the calendar we have today. Gotcha. He did many things, passed many reforms, and planned on doing even more. As I mentioned earlier, most of his enemies during the war were offered clemency and not punished in any way. Right. He just wanted everyone to he accept said, that he was in charge. I won. Just yep. give in. I won't kill you. <laughs> and for this and for the clear stability that was coming from his rule, uh, most of the people and a good chunk of the Senate really did love him. Yeah. And many were even starting to wonder aloud if maybe he should be king. All right. Yeah. Seems fair, you know. But not everyone. Yeah. We yeah, we know not everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the Ides of March, which is the fifteenth, forty four BC, Caesar went to the theater of Pompey, where a session of the Senate was to be held. Mark Antony was rushing there to intercept him, oh. for he had heard the previous night That's of a no most good. terrible plot. Well, he actually didn't know exactly what was happening, just but it, it was gonna be bad. Something was gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. Well, uh, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> he was cut off outside the theater, and he heard a scuffle from within. Mm. Caesar was soon dead. Yep. And we will cover his assassination in more detail during our ranking section. The assassins march off, uh, marched off into the street to proclaim that Rome was once again free. Oh, man. Little did they know that the people would not be pleased. No, the people liked the man. Caesar had saved them from the constant fighting and poor management of the last few decades. Exactly. He caused it, but then he, then he saved it, okay? He stopped it, and he took over, and he said, we're stable now. Well, then there was decades before Caesar had also been bad. Well, yeah, it's like the Republic, 60 years Yeah, running. the Republic had come to a point of nothing being accomplished anymore. And violence yeah. and civil war before yeah. Caesar. Yeah, it's all been bad for a long time. Things were going well, Dang. though. And now the man responsible for it was dead at the hands of supposed cowards. Mm-hmm. Thus, the life of Julius, Gaius Julius Caesar came to an end. Dang, big sad. Yes. So what do you think of him overall before we get into the rankings? You know, I think overall, it's a real shame. Real shame that he got assassinated. Yep. What could have been. He he really did seem like a decent guy for what it is. He took what he wanted. I mean, not great. He did what he wanted, but, you know, I mean, he cared about the people. He didn't just kill all his enemies. He was pretty forgiving and just like, it's fine. I'm just going to be in charge, and you don't have to get any punishment. Yeah. We'll do this together. It is very much the so, what might have been. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like it seemed like a pretty good dude, honestly. And it, there's a you know a lot of people. If you asked on the street, you know who was the first Roman emperor, they would just they would say yeah, Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. And it you know if he hadn't died, right? They if might he have been become, assassinated. Probably would have been. Probably would have. Yeah. yeah. He had the popular. He had the popular vote. That's for sure. Absolutely. The people wanted it. Yeah. So let's get into this first section: the mastery of military might. And mm-hmm. so how these how these rankings are going to go is I'm going to break down everything we have discussed, and then you and I are going to give a score out of ten right. for each section. Mm-hmm. So decimals included? No, come on now. <sighs> what if it's you know it's almost a nine? I There's guess I guess we I guess we can we can <laughs> we can if we set the precedent today that right. decimals are allowed we can. All right, perfect. All right. So 
During his, I'm just going to go through the list and then we'll talk about Ferguson Jetterix mm-hmm. in there. So during his first campaign as a teenager, remember when I said that he went off and possibly had sex with that king and didn't really oh, mention right. anything else? Yeah, yeah. During that campaign, he actually received a civic crown of oak leaves for saving a comrade's life while storming the island city of Mytilene. Hmm. So early on, a brave young man right. saving a comrade. When pirates captured him, he raised a fleet and captured them. Right. All with no authority to do so. Mm -hmm. He kicked off the Gallic Wars by Mm -hmm. taking on the Helvetii and winning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spent nearly a decade fighting in Gaul and Britannia, generally coming out on top in every battle and in campaign. He put down a major revolt after losing an entire legion to an ambush in Mm -hmm. the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. He was also outnumbered at this time. Mm -hmm. He was almost always outnumbered. Right. That's part of what makes him so interesting. Right. The tactics are there. Vercingetorix, as I mentioned before, united almost all the uh, tribes of Gaul, Mm -hmm. even some of the allies of Mm -hmm. the Romans, because they were getting kind of fed up with it, too. Yeah. So Vercingetorix's plan, as I mentioned, was going to be to deny the Romans food and then deny them a proper battle because the Romans were better equipped and better trained. So the first major thing that Vercingetorix did was he pulled all the people from a large region of central Gaul into one place. Mm -hmm. As they went, they took all the food they could and burned the rest. Okay. So Caesar then came upon the fortified city of Avericum, where all these people were hiding. Mm Mm-hmm. And there was no food anywhere. Right. Within weeks, the legions were starving. They, what they were doing was they were building an earthen ramp to get over the walls while building a couple uh, siege towers. Okay. So for, I believe it was 28 days, it rained every single day oh while they're building God. this thing with no food. And not like we're on rations. It was like we're starving. Yeah, right. So once they got over those walls. Oh, boy. It was ravenous. Oh, they killed everybody. Yeah, I bet. They killed Kill them all so we can everybody. eat. Everybody. We just need food. Yeah, it was it was a brutal fight, and uh, no one survived. Yeah. Virgin Jetterix wasn't there. He had mm-hmm. the rest of his army a little bit further away. He headed for the city of Alicia, hmm. which is uh, kind of central eastern France. Okay. Caesar regrouped with most of his army and gave chase. Mm-hmm. Vercingetorix set up in the fortified position and sent out a call for allies to come to his aid. So Caesar was slightly outnumbered by Vercingetorix's main army. Mm -hmm. But he also figured reinforcements were coming. Yeah. So he was going to be big time outnumbered. As I mentioned before, Caesar's men uh, were better equipped and far more disciplined. These were like professional soldiers. Right, yeah. Whereas everything else, everyone else was, you know, we got swords and spears and stuff. Militia. Chase you. yeah. Yeah. But they were in enemy territory, Mm -hmm. and these reinforcements were definitely on their way. So what do you think Caesar did? He's he's outside this city, fortified city, with a larger force inside and probably an even larger force coming from somewhere. Hmm. I guess the smart thing would be to try to cut off supply chains if they're using them. I don't know. I don't know what the man did. He began building walls around the city. Oh, he's going to... Completely encircling Vercingetorix's army within 18 kilometers of fortifications. Oh, so, so you, you said, got walls. That's right. Now I have my walls. walls. You can't get out. <laughs> so that that addresses those guys. Yeah. You know, they even these, these walls were like legit too. Mm-hmm. They had two. They were two stories tall with platforms and everything. But what are we gonna do about the the outside army? I don't know. You have walls now, so. Yeah, but they're only on one side. 
Oh. The walls are on the inside. They're like, yeah. Your army here, facing towards in between the, thing. the city, and yeah, you got an army. Or you got a wall. Yeah, I don't know. Build another wall. Oh, there you go. A bigger wall around your back. Yeah, that's what I was saying. A very you know? massive wall <laughs> that goes all the way around your first wall with your God army dang. between the two. Just clear cutting these forests. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they took down large swaths of forest, and yeah. they did this in weeks. Which is wild. Like you said earlier, they're building a fort at night to yeah. just stay in there. That's just that's really quickly building. Yeah, mastery. The those forts they actually carried all the stuff with them. Yeah, yeah, wild. It is. <laughs> it's insane. And to think that they were doing this, you know, in the BC times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Caesar's, that's something that uh, Caesar and his legions were also really great at was engineering. Mm -hmm. So now you've got 18 kilometers of wall keeping Verx and Jeterix in. Mm -hmm. And you've got, I don't have it in my notes, but more, more wall yeah. <laughs> around you to prevent getting hit in the butt. Yeah. You just, just made your own little, little wall city. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So when these reinforcements arrived, the total Gallic army outnumbered the Romans approximately three to one. Yeah, not enough. Too bad. <laughs> they had vastly superior numbers of cavalry, uh, but Caesar had some Germanic cavalry on his side. So he sent them out to skirmish, and mm -hmm. it's kind of unclear. Somehow this vastly inferior number of German cavalry actually managed to drive off the Gallic cavalry on the first day. I guess they're just better. They must have been. Yeah. On the second evening of this battle, the army in the city mm -hmm. and the one outside hit the same section of Caesar's defenses at the same Good time. Good plan. Yeah. Mark Antony was mm -hmm. in charge of this section. Oh, bad, you know, good plan. Bad, uh, bad, uh, <laughs> yeah. What am I trying to do? Bad luck. There yeah, bad go. luck. You good chose plan, the wrong section luck. of wall. This man's too smart, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so Mark Antony uh, did everything he could to hold the position, and mm -hmm. Caesar was so impressed mm -hmm. that this is when Antony became his right-hand man. Gotcha. And that would sense. stay that way yeah. until his death. The third day saw an assault from all sides of the outer defenses. They mm -hmm. realized, okay, the Romans are spread too thin, so we just need to hit every part of the wall. Also where, a good So they plan. can't defend. Yeah. Seeing this, Caesar took personal command of his reserves and was running around, reinforcing wherever he needed to throughout the day. A really good commander right there. Yes. He was doing whatever he could to prevent a breach because a breach could be mm -hmm. disastrous. Right. That would pretty much end it. Verx and Jeterix, realizing what was happening, was like, okay, now I'm going to try and break out from within. Mm -hmm. So they're spread super thin along the outer wall, and now the inner wall is being attacked. Mm -hmm. Caesar was just barely able to reinforce this section, because Verx and Jeterix tried to hit one spot, mm -hmm. um, before a breakout could happen. So then Verx and Jeterix spread out. <laughs> so now you have both walls completely yeah. surrounded, being hit on all sides. Mm-hmm. They are spread so thin now that it's virtually impossible for the Romans to hold, and the exterior wall actually breaks in oh, one part. Oh, no. Yeah. This exterior army, the main force, mm -hmm. pushes through and gets within the walls. Yeah. Caesar managed to pull together several thousand of his men and had them form a shield wall, thus halting Just them holding, in this narrow yeah. position. That was kind of a benefit to being in this tight space. You can make a human wall. Yeah. Just like Thermopylae. Exa yes. And mm -hmm. they were, you know, Romans are real good at their shield yeah. wall. Yeah, they were. They, so yeah. they held. Finally, Caesar took command of his remaining cavalry. So you've still got fighting on all parts of the wall. Mm -hmm. A big breach where most of the outside army is coming through. Mm -hmm. And... 
a shield wall holding that army in place. So Caesar takes his cavalry, pushes outside his wall at a different point. How oh, to hit him in the back. Goes all the way around and starts cleaning nice. up house and then hits the enemy in the ass. Nice. This exterior force didn't realize how close <laughs> they were to winning and how truly desperate the Romans were. Mm-hmm. And they broke and ran. Gotcha. They just they didn't have the resolve, man. The next day, Vercingetorix gave up. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much the end. This was an amazing victory for Caesar. Yeah. He had no right to win that. No. Just had troops with with more resolve and better tactics. So, like I mentioned, there was another year of putting down some smaller revolts Mm -hmm. and stuff after Mm -hmm. this, but this was essentially the end. Here's how Suetonius sums up the nine years that he spent in Gaul. This, in brief, is what he achieved in his nine years between 58 and 49 BC of governorship. He reduced to a province the whole of Gaul, bounded by the Pyrenees, Savans, and Alps, and by the rivers Rhine and Rhona, a border of over 3,100 miles, comprising an area of over 250,000 square miles, excluding a few allied states, which had rendered him useful aid, and he exacted from it an annual tribute of 400,000 gold pieces. All right. Seems pretty good. He conquered France, essentially. Yeah, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> He was the first Roman to bridge the Rhine and inflicted heavy losses on the Germans beyond. He also conquered the Britons, a bit of an exaggeration, a previously unknown people, and exacted wealth and hostages from them. He suffered misfortune only on three occasions while achieving this success. In invading Britain, where his fleet was all but destroyed by a storm. On the German frontier, where his generals Tiberius Sabinus and Arunculeus Cotta were killed in an ambush. That's that legion that mm-hmm. was lost. Mm-hmm. And in Gaul, when one of his legions was routed at Jergovia. Perfect. So basically, he did all that for nine years and lost three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Caesar then went on to defeat Pompey's generals, mm-hmm. as well as Pompey himself. And remember, Pompey was arguably the greatest general of the Roman Republic. Right. Mm-hmm. Some some could make that argument. He defeated the Marians. And the oh sorry, this is Pompey still. I was like, Caesar didn't do that. So Pompey had defeated the Marians during the Sulla Civil War. He defeated the pirates and Spartacus, mm-hmm. as well as many others. So defeating him in battle was no small feat. He also uh, Caesar also helped win the Egyptian Civil War for Cleopatra mm-hmm. before taking on Pompus or Pontus, and finally Pompey's remaining supporters. Mm-hmm. It is true he lost a few battles, but very often he was outnumbered or outpositioned and managed to win. Also, he was no armchair general. This wasn't someone saying, go do that. Nah, he was up there. He was there throughout, which is a big part of why he was so loved by his men. Mm-hmm. For mastery of military might. Gotta, gotta give this man a solid 9.5. I'm thinking 10. You're, you're not likely to find many people that are better than him at war. No, but the 10 standard for me is you never lose. And he, he oh, lost very, 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 very few. It's 9.5. That's where we're at. <laughs> so losing a battle, does it like winning every war, but losing a couple yeah. little... No one's perfect. 9.5. So you're never going to give a 10? All right. Well, Probably I'm going to give him a 10 because I don't think we'll ever see someone better. That's fair. I get it. All right. So 9.5. Man, you're going to be difficult, aren't you? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is a 19.5 out of 20 for Mastery of Military Might. Okay, next up, Terrible Tyranny. And yes, these are all alliterated. 
terrible tyranny. So the way I want this one to be thought is how terrible and or tyrannical were they? So like if they're crazy, bloodthirsty mm-hmm, maniacs mm-hmm. or they just abuse the system. Mm-hmm. So I got a couple things. Cons. As the conqueror and overlord of Gaul, he was a mad tyrant who slaughtered villages when his commands were not obeyed. He ruled with fear and bloodshed outside the official borders of Rome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was also a tyrant in the eyes of the Senate. He disregarded traditions and laws, attempted to overthrow the Republican government on several occasions, and eventually marched his armies on the Capitol, sparking a massive civil war. Mm-hmm. Pros. He won most of his power through his popular reforms. He solved nagging problems for the people and the government, which made him beloved. And he also offered clemency to almost every Roman who stood against him in the war. However, his selfish actions and lust for power brought a government to its knees, and that government would never recover to its former strength. Because he got assassinated, hmm, a bigger number is more tyrannical, right? Yep, more terrible and more tyrannical. I'm just going to... Yeah, I like the man. I'm gonna go with the six. You gonna go with the six? I like okay. the man. I I would say yeah. I would say I would give him a seven. Yeah. For for all the that that is a lot of tyranny, and to the people at the time, it certainly would have seemed like oh my god, you are a tyrant, a madman. So I, yeah, yeah, I get it, but you know. I can agree with where he came from. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like he, all right. It's all right. right. Like he wanted what he took, what he wanted, but he also wanted to help the people. He, yeah. Yeah, he just wanted to be in charge of helping the people. For sure. sure. So that is a total of 13 out of 20 for Terrible Tyranny. Next section, Lives of the Living. So how good were the lives of their subjects? Like what what did they do for their people? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So pros, important land reforms were passed, Mm -hmm. lowering the burden of impoverishment or of the impoverished on the state and the people. Veterans under Pompey and Caesar were granted lands for their services, Mm -hmm. which is very important. His provinces were well run under his rule and protected from outside invasion. He did great building works for the people and threw extravagant games for their benefit. Another snippet from Suetonius. He mounted a whole series of diverse public shows, including a gladiatorial contest, stage plays in every ward in Rome performed in several languages, races in the circus, athletic competitions, and even a mock naval battle. He reformed the calendar, which we may Mm -hmm. not appreciate very much, but it was very beneficial to the people at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And then a note from Suetonius on Caesar's loyalty. He invariably treated his friends with kindness and indulgence, so much so that when Gaius Opius was traveling with him through a forest and was taken ill, Caesar relinquished the only available shelter to him while he slept on the ground outside. On achieving power, he promoted his friends to the highest office, however humble their birth, and replied brusquely to criticism of his actions by declaring that he would have done the same for anyone who had helped defend his honor, be they cutthroats or brigands. Cons. Those in his conquered territories were enslaved or slaughtered. Entire ways of life were extinguished. Mm-hmm, Death mm-hmm. and rape were commonplace in Gaul. That was general practice uh, pretty much throughout history of war. Yep. Uh, a note from uh, A Dark History of the Roman Emperors by Michael Kerrigan. Caesar showed his sheer ruthlessness as well, carrying out massacres among rebellious populations. A million people were killed. 
Now, I don't know how you get that mm -hmm. estimate, but right. this is a truly staggering figure when you set it against the fact that the total population of the country of Gaul was somewhere around 4 million. Mm -hmm. So it's estimated that he slaughtered a quarter of the population of a very large region. Mm -hmm. He also caused a massive civil war that ripped the Republic apart, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cost great amounts of money, and took the lives of many thousands of mm -hmm, Romans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He pissed off a lot of noblemen by sleeping with their wives, which I just well, wanted yeah. to include here. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and he <laughs> abused his power a lot. Again, Suetonius. And yet others of his words and actions weigh the scale against him, such that he was judged to have abused power and deserved assassination. Not only did he accept an excessive list of public honors, such as perpetual consulship, dictatorship for life, and the censorship of morals, the title Imperator before his name and the father of the country after it, his statue among the ancient kings, and a raised couch in the front row of the theater. But he should also, as a mere mortal, have refused others which were more than excessive, such as his golden throne in the Senate <laughs> and the tribunal, a chariot and litter with his statue in the religious mm. procession around the circus, temples, altars, and statues among those of the gods, a sacred couch, a priest of his own cult, a college of Leperky, and, <laughs> and the month of July being named after him. There was not a single honor which he was not pleased to receive or grant to himself at will. Yeah. So a, a really mixed bag mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. you can argue that he did a lot of good things, but at the cost of a lot of very bad things, mm -hmm. which leads me to kind of middle of the road, five or six. I'm going to give him a seven. You're going to give him a seven? Oh, yeah. Okay. What, 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 what leads you to that number? I like the man. <laughs> but, well, he listen. I know that like <laughs> it, it, some stuff happened. It wasn't you know. It's a hard road to get there. Okay. But he he had he had some good things at heart. Ruthless his enemies. I mean, you conquered the people. Standard practice. You're gonna use the people. That's how it was. Not a good thing. Not that's a, how it was. Not a good you know thing, what you but do? It is what yeah, it I'll is. I'll give him a seven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay, I think I think I'll go with six then. Yeah, because yeah, he you're you're not wrong. We gotta we gotta consider it in, in the time. That's right, and the people always loved him. So I mean, how bad off were they? This is true. Well, depends on which people you're referring to. The more people, the more, <laughs> the, more people. <laughs> the the majority. Okay, okay. So that's uh, I'll give. So I gave six. You gave seven. So another thirteen for mm -hmm. life of the living. Lives of the living. Mm -hmm. All right, two more rounds to go. Departing demise. How interesting was their death? So, got ten. I don't even care. Ten. <laughs> did it. Let's talk about it quick. Let's just. We didn't go into much detail. Okay, as mentioned before, Mark Antony had heard of a plot to kill Caesar, mm -hmm. and he rushed off to prevent this, but was barred from entry. He heard the commotion from within, and knowing he was too late, fled to organize a resistance. Mm. And we'll talk more about that next week. Here's how Suetonius described the, the assassination. As Caesar sat down, the conspirators gathered round him as if to pay their respects. Tilius Simber, who, uh, who had assumed the leading role, came closer as though to make a request. 
When Caesar made a gesture dismissing his plea to a later time, Simber grasped his toga by the shoulders, and as Caesar cried out, This is violence! <laughs> one of the Casca brothers stabbed him as he turned away, now just below violence. the throat. Caesar, catching Casca's arm, ran it through with his stylus and was leaping to his feet when another blow halted him. Mm. Seeing that he was surrounded by naked blades, he threw his robe over his face and released its folds to his left hand to reach his feet so he might die more decently with both <laughs> legs covered. All right. <laughs> which I don't think he was thinking about. No. He was stabbed 23 times in yeah. this manner and made no sound after the first blow drew a groan from him. Though it has been said that when Marcus Brutus attacked him, he reproached him in Greek, saying, You too, my child? Mm. Which is the, mm -hmm. where we get the famous uh, Shakespeare line of et tu, Brute. Mm -hmm. It had been the conspirators' intent to drag the dead man to the Tiber, then seize his property and revoke his decrees. But they were scared off by Mark Antony, the, mm. cons the consul, and Lepitus, the master of horse. So that is that is the death of Caesar, probably one of the most famous assassinations of mm -hmm, all time. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10. ten. Like <laughs> ten. It's, you can't have an entire play devoted to well, you being one. assassinated. Literally in the everyone. Senate. Yeah, like, literally everyone knows. Yeah. You can't, I agree. Still, there's no way. Yep, I I agree. And just the what if factor, so being being so large for him. Come on. Yeah, like had these this no one way. group of men not followed mm -hmm. through with that like how would history have changed yeah or if mark got there in time exactly and if he had warned him proper yep very very true so our final round before we get into our our big uh climax of the episode the lasting legacy how did their rule affect history so a few just a few things since we've already mm -hmm. kind of covered it right. all caesar's actions directly led to the end of the roman republic mm -hmm. and the birth of the roman empire which we'll see in the next episode which would carry on in one form or another for about 1500 years mm -hmm. uh, i don't believe in the split of roman and byzantine history so it goes on for a long time his decisions dramatically changed the future of the western world including his decision on who his heir should be you know who his heir is no augustus Oh, okay. Yeah, but he's not called Augustus yet. We'll talk about that. His actions led to Gaul eventually becoming an official province of the empire, and his relationship with Cleopatra would also lead Egypt mm -hmm. to coming into the fold, though we'll also see how that happened next week. He is easily the most famous Roman of all time. Correct. If you ask someone on the streets to name a Roman, mm -hmm. they would say Julius Caesar. Yeah, most so likely. I would say 10 out of 10 for lasting legacy. Yeah. 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 It's hard we to still argue use his calendar it. yeah, it's hard, roughly unchanged. It's hard, yeah, it's hard to argue against that one. Yeah. All right. So that leads us to our final segment. And this is this is the fun one. Mm -hmm. So we're going to decide on a proper title for Caesar. Oh man. So w the way this works is we the ultimate title we can give is the great. Okay. And the way I've thought about it is if we want we can also give them a name, like some other the name, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the great, if that's something we want. So I've right. got a few here. I personally think that Caesar is worthy of the great yeah. for what he did mm -hmm. and his accomplishments. I also thought Caesar the father. Yeah. The founder, the conqueror, the reformer or reformist, and then a couple not so pleasant ones, the egotist and the megalomaniac. How about the great radical? 
Ooh, a I mean, great radical. Yeah. Because the grade is in there. He was very radical. He just did what he wanted, man. He said, listen, I know you disagree. I'm going to do it. I'm uh, just going <laughs> to. Change a lot of things, you know? I don't know. Okay. okay. I, like, I like the word radical. <laughs> That's pretty radical, bro. Well, you say it like that, but it still fits. <laughs> <laughs> the great radical. So would we combine them or would it be Caesar the radical and Caesar the great? I like combining them. So he would but go you're on the history our, man. Well, that's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how do we do that? Because what I want is to have a, the Great Wall, where all our people that get the title of mm. the Great will go. Mm. So we can call him the Great Radical, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he'll be on our Great Wall. I, I would like that. I'm okay, good with that. I'm in. I like so that. So Caesar, right off the bat, I knew he would because yeah. it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's going to get the Great. Um, so we'll call him the Great Radical. Wow. Mm-hmm. I like that. Okay. So that's Julius Caesar in a very brief nutshell. Um, we've been recording for yeah. brief, a but bit. not so brief. Long story short, but not really. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it could, there is a lot more detail to like everything. He did a mm-hmm. lot of writing, and people around him did a lot of writing. So, but next week we're going to talk about his great nephew Octavian. Hmm. Yeah. It's gonna be Augustus? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So I that's don't the know. guy. Oh, you don't know. Yeah. Right. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and tune in next time for the surprise name changing young man <laughs> who we don't even know. We don't even know what's about to happen. The first Roman emperor. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> okay.